Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Is your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life? Is your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law? And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, he'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal profession. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor. Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to speak on the intersection of politics and policy as between China and the United States. President Biden and Chairman Xi of China recently held talks during the San Francisco APEC meetings. As the White House basked in their glow, touting their effective, quote, cooling of tensions, unquote, a clear-eyed assessment is necessary. Did these meetings lower the risk of conflict, as our media report, or increase them existentially for both America and her allies? First, some background on the main American actors. President Biden's self-portrait is ably painted by the recent Wall Street Journal article. And I quote, Biden, a former Senate Foreign Relations Committee chairman who has made defending democracy a tenet of his presidency, has sought to define himself as a capable commander-in-chief who is bringing decades of foreign policy experience to bear to help steady a tumultuous planet. People who know him say he relishes playing the role of statesman on the world stage, unquote. However, a more objective analysis of Biden's acumen has been provided by the respected former CIA official and Obama Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, in 2014. Biden, he noted, has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. So far in his presidency, Biden has acted consistently with Gates' thumbnail sketch. He stood mute as Russian troops massed on the Ukraine border, his silence interrupted only by sputters of seeming acquiescence in Putin's threatened invasion. When vigorous early assistance for Ukraine could have destroyed the eventual assault aborning, such as by provision of much-needed MiGs, Biden dithered and practically guaranteed the present stalemate. We know about his appeasement of Iran, and now to China. 
Biden's embarrassing failure to timely shoot down a Chinese spy balloon after being spotted easily by American amateurs is a textbook example of weakness, renewing questions of corruption raised previously. Biden's passivity as China built military bases on enhanced South China Sea islands, their ownership disputed by Taiwan, the Philippines, and Vietnam, has sent yet another message of weakness. Biden's national security advisor, the junior grade Jake Sullivan, hardly increases confidence. Sullivan, the dishonest author of the disgusting Russian collusion hoax while a mind-melding campaign aide to Hillary Clinton, expressed surprise in 2022 that the long-masked Russian troops would actually invade Ukraine. This duo, joined by the callow Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, backtracked on decades of carefully cultivated strategic ambiguity on Taiwan, publicly supporting a clear one-China policy. Blinken is the same person who developed the Russian disinformation canard to persuade the media to conceal the Hunter Biden laptop story during the 2020 campaign, which in turn avoided, according to strong polling, a decisive Biden loss in 2020. On Biden's counterparty Xi, and no extended appraisal is necessary given the foregoing pocket-picking by Xi of Biden's team. While Biden was vice president, Chinese defense conglomerate AVIC purchased Michigan's Henninges Automotive, owner of proprietary anti-vibration technology, a deal engineered by Hunter Biden. Chinese interests recently brought North Dakota farmland adjacent to an Air Force base which researchers and tests our most advanced drones. Biden's climate policies have strengthened China, the world's major supplier of needed EV minerals, and permitted China to cordon the critically important African cobalt market. In short, Xi has eaten Biden's lunch for years. In recent months, the Biden forces went on bended knee to beg Xi for face-to-face meetings at the upcoming APEC meeting in San Francisco. What exactly did Biden get by this shameless pandering? Put differently, what has Biden traded to get these hopefully politically valuable optics of him as our strong, fearless leader meeting with China's chairman? Amid great fanfare, the White House announced two underwhelming deals flowing from these ballyhooed talks. First, China would attempt to stem the flow of fentanyl component chemicals to Mexico. Since the cartels can get these ingredients elsewhere, and certainly they can still buy Chinese chemicals if needed through middlemen, this is a nothing burger. The second deal is to engage in, quote, military-to-military, unquote, communications, which would be aimed at lessening risks of avoidable conflict. While this sounds good, as we will explain, such talks can, if obsequiously pursued, encourage attacks on our ally. But if, as the Biden team exalted, these terms are greatly advantageous to the United States, what did China get in return? The White House has been silent as to any other agreements. So, were there nothing but two pedestrian agreements to come out of the photo op? If so, no harm, no foul. But a careful reading of the Chinese press sends ominous, confounding messages. We are told that Chairman Xi's two big issues at APEC were Taiwan and removal of American, quote, investment screening, unquote, or, quote, protectionism, unquote, regarding Chinese businesses seeking to invest in America. After all, Xi is really arguing, how can it hurt America that Chinese interests seek to pursue our technology? The Chinese news agency Xinhua expressed hope after mentioning these issues that the U.S. would confirm its preliminary representations at the upcoming OPEC talks. Let me quote from an editorial, quote, we hope the oral promises made will become policies and actions, unquote. Please stop and reflect on these words. What oral promises is Xinhua talking about? 
Now we have a big tell about what Biden may have given to shore up his crumbling political support. Let's translate. Biden will allow even more Chinese purchase of our technology and natural resources, one may reasonably infer. But far more concerning is our emerging policy on Taiwan. Did Biden signal to Xi that America would not intervene if China were to invade Taiwan to pursue, quote, peaceful unification, unquote? It seems likely. And did Biden encourage Xi to have Chinese military obtain pre-invasion assurances from military officials, to wit, that America would not defend Taiwan? But none of these serious questions have been raised by us media who want to make sure that they shore up Biden in the coming election. Unfortunately, in the present, this biased reporting continues to endanger America and its allies as the media hails existentially dangerous capitulations by our president to China during the APEC talks, all to buck up his failing tenure. Politics should stop at the water's edge, but for our partisan media, there are no such limits ominously so for our national security.